What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft driver and gig economy news. Sponsored by Curry.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rideshare Rodeo. We were going to have Mike Delivers on this week. However, my son um, got a little bit sick. Uh, it's not COVID. We did go through the tests and all that and just made sure and everything's good. And wasn't COVID, but he's been uh, really some kind of like allergy sinus thing going on. He is getting better now. However, I had to postpone the Mike uh, Delivers podcast until this Wednesday when we will record it. And instead, I am going to do the Gary Middleton interview uh, this week so that um, we can get that played anyway, because it's been about a week and a half since I recorded that. And then we'll fit Mike in to uh, the next month when I have some extra spots coming up. But we'll uh, talk about that in a little bit. So um, before I jump into the piece, uh, curry, baby. Curry, 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 curry. Have you all signed up for Curry yet? Well, how does Curry work? Okay. Curry makes things simple for our drivers. When a booker makes a delivery request, we match them to a driver in our fleet. If you're selected for a delivery, you'll get a notification that offers you the job. You'll be able to see the size of the delivery, the route, and how long it will take. Once you accept the job, you must hop in your vehicle and head to the pickup location. At the pickup location, you'll need to confirm that the delivery is what was ordered according to your app. Once you have loaded your in your vehicle, you'll head to the drop-off location. At this point, the booker will receive live tracking and notifications of your progress. Once you've arrived, arrived at the drop-off location, you'll need to take a photo and a signature confirmation of the delivery. After that, you're done. You'll get paid for the job, and you'll be ready to take on your next route. So, uh, make sure you sign up, people. The, the link's in the show notes. And like I always tell you, a few things here. Curry, day gig. Awesome. Uh, curry. The amount of time you'll spend on a curry hotshot run, you're going to make two to four times what you, would making, what you would make hourly on any other gig platform. Depends on the curry run you're taking. However, they pay way better than the other gig platforms that all of us work, so... Get on Curry, check it out, and uh, yeah, use the sign-up link in the show notes if um, if you haven't signed up yet. All right, that said, I am going to bring on Gary Middleton. I'll come back on the other side. So today I have Gary from Gary Middleton from Middleton Tech, Middleton Technologies, MiddletonTech.com. And uh, first of all, hi, Gary. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, um, 
so Middleton Tech does uh, your three apps are much like what we were doing at Para. Only we went above and beyond with the iOS and kind of getting in everybody's face and and making it a little too public. So it's really interesting to me to talk to you because do are before we get into the apps are all three just uh, just uh, Android based. Yes, yes, all, yeah, all, so. all three are just Android based. I do have I do have some beta iOS stuff, but yeah. um, as you know, doing iOS stuff requires a lot of backdoor activity that is very much frowned upon as far as the gig companies go to. Right. Yeah. That's what I, that's, you know, that was a big thing with us was that like, you know, out of all those users, like probably 70% were iOS. Mm -hmm. And I think that with that much usage, I mean, first of all, it's hard to get something on the iOS store, but I also used to say to David that I think it's a lot easier to get into trouble having an iOS product too. (laughs) I, I think it is. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I do. Or just to I raise do, flags, not get in right, trouble. Right, but to... right. Yeah, I, I think I think be, because the way Apple is structured, you got to worry about Apple rejecting your app. So you might put thousands of hours into an app, and then it get rejected, and you can't ever use it. Mm-hmm. And then second, you got to worry about the actual gig companies coming back at you for it as well. Right, so, because I think that they get a lo- lot more analytics and data back from the iOS stuff. Even those those companies start getting readings on you, not just hearing about you on the street, but they're like they're actually getting stuff because it's tied to them. Well, you know, so a, a lot of people don't know, but whenever you submit an app to the app store, they actually go, they don't look at every line of code. What they look for is URLs that you're you know throwing through that code and see if they actually belong to you. Right. And if they don't belong to you, then they actually alert the company that they belong to. Well, that's crazy then because we I always knew that DoorDash knew probably from like, you know, we, we, we launched in March of this year and just started blowing up immediately. So like, let's say beginning of April, I think from beginning of April, people from DoorDash had eyes on it, but it's amazing that they would have, wouldn't they have gone to, by your theory, to DoorDash and said, hey, does Para own you? <laughs> Well, they they don't. Um, now they'll alert them. Like it, it's weird how it does it because it's not like Apple calls them or anything like that. It's like an automated thing on your dashboard. Um, but it, it tells them, you know, that hey, you might want to look into this. It doesn't say, hey, we're shutting down this app. It doesn't check to see if they own that app. It just alerts everybody to what they're doing. Okay. Yeah, I would just think that they would have had. <laughs> I mean, that they would have had somebody shut us down like two weeks in, not 19. A lot of le- legal stuff that has to happen to do that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. I mean, to make it happen. But that first, yeah. we had two cease and desists. The first one right. was when we gave them the weak ultimatum. Right. We said, you guys can put up the, the transparency. We had to hire a lawyer, obviously. Right. We hired a lawyer in San Francisco that's been against DoorDash before. So very expensive, but he said to them that, you know, okay, here's what my clients have come up with. Either you guys can show the transparency because we had till 4 p.m. on a Monday. We took it down at four. You have till the you have till that time to take it down. So we took it down at that time. At that time, we had them served with a letter that said, either you put the transparency up 
or else call us during this week and let's discuss this or else next Monday at four, we're putting it back up. We didn't hear from him the following Monday at four. We put it up following Tuesday morning at about 11 a.m. Pacific time. We got a call from our lawyer who said, okay, we have a second cease and desist. And this one is no joke. That's exactly what he said. And the the second (laughs) one's probably for the actual. Uh, You're never, it's always hard when you're trying to guess what somebody's going to tip because, you know, two people never tip the same. Right. You know, one person might take a $10 order and tip $10. And, you know, that's 100%. Right. You know, one person take $10 and tip $2. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's a rough game when you're trying to do that type of stuff. Yeah. I guess, you know, for all of us people who work in the industry, you know, I don't know if I rarely use the food ordering apps, but if me and my son do, I always I don't care what I order. There's there's a five to ten dollar tip going on that regardless. Yeah, I I definitely have my minimum for delivery. Yeah. And then depending on where I'm ordering from, I, I try now that I've been doing gig work for so long, I try to do a two dollar a mile minimum. You right. know, so if I'm you know 10 miles away, you're gonna get a twenty dollar tip. Right. Yeah. That that's just because that's what I shoot for when I deliver. Do you, do you find that works? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I mean, because the, the only platform that actually gets my food to me quicker on is Grubhub because Grubhub does not hide any sort of pay. Right. So whenever I order from Grubhub, you know, a $20 tip, that thing's picked up and delivered pretty quick compared to DoorDash, which is only going to show you a certain percentage or, you know, Uber Eats, which is going to show you the first eight to ten dollars of it. Right. You know? But is Grubhub showing them? I don't I've never done Grubhub. Grubhub is one I've never signed up for because when I tried, it was a waiting list. And I don't even remember if I put my name on it or not. Um, but uh, does Grubhub show you the distance? Because it didn't used to. Yeah, they, they since they were bought out by Just Eats, uh, la- I think it was last year they were actually bought out. But. Just Eats is just now taking over it now, you know, four months ago. So they actually rolled out the distance to both iOS and Apple. So now you're see- on Grubhub. What what aren't you seeing as a, the, as a as a driver? The only thing you don't see as a driver is the tip amount um, and the customer drop off. That's the only two things you don't see, you know, which me personally, I can care less about the tip. I just need the total and then the distance to match for me. Okay. You know, it, it doesn't matter if it's the company paying me or the customer paying me. That's, that's what I care about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I thought, and I, I don't know why I thought this. I, I really thought Grubhub used to show the tip. That they, they used to. And then of course, cherry pickers, um, whatever you want to call them, uh, they they stopped taking no tip orders. You know, even though the payout might still be eight eight dollars for two miles, people still would take would not take zero dollar tips. So right. they they remove that. They still show a hundred percent of the pay though. So they they don't hide any portion of the tip from you. Right. Yeah, it's just it's you know it's odd to me. It's so funny that each one of these platforms 
has a different transparency thing. I was telling somebody that I honestly think it's a test. I'm starting to think it's a test that one person owns all these companies and he shows a little different transparency on each and is testing out like where the people are going. Right. Like, okay, here we won't show you the tips. Here we won't show you the distance. Here we won't show you the amount. Here we... It's like... I think I think it depends on how much of the market you actually control. You know, because um, DoorDash, when they first started, they showed more than Uber Eats. Right. Well, you know, they didn't have as much as the market, so they showed more to attract more drivers. Right. I mean, everybody, all of us know that, um, maybe not some of the newbies, but like you and I, the veterans, we all know that when they come out of the gate, they come out looking like pieces of gold. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you you need to, you know, put your sunglasses on, realize that that shiny gold is really just, you can go over and break it with your fingers. Pretty, you know? pretty much. It's the honeymoon period is what I got. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but that honeymoon period can go for a while and really get you invested. Yeah. And yeah. then when they pull the rug out, they usually pull it out in a few stages. Once really. they get once they get enough drivers, once they right. get enough incoming orders, things of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yep. it happens every. I think corner shops the big one right now, but you know they're they're the Uber Eats, Instacart part of it. Well, and, and then I saw and yesterday, um, was it yesterday or the day before? Uber Uber paid one point one billion dollars for Drizzly for Drizzly, yeah, which Jesus. which is gonna <laughs> that's gonna affect DoorDash too. Because DoorDash's alcohol orders right. in, in most places come from Drizzly. DoorDash's alcohol comes from Drizzly? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, I don't even know. I think I don't know if that's regional because I don't think on DoorDash here in Colorado I can buy alcohol. Well, it, it depends on your state if right. if your state allows it. Like Florida, we allow alcohol delivery. Um, even like if you go to a restaurant and get takeout, you can yeah. get it in a to-go, to-go cup. So we're cut. I mean, we're going to allow Uber Eats to do dr- Drizzly. So, and we also during the pandemic, same as you, but this did not exist uh, before the pandemic. During the pandemic, our governor made it so that to-go alcohol was okay. So right. that you could walk into a bar that you could even, I used to bartend at a place right across from Coors Field where the Rockies play. I was there for like 20 years. <laughs> And, uh, you can even go in and like, we have signature shots and they were, um, doing them in like little, uh, Cisco four ounce cups with lids. <laughs> so like if you ordered 20 for your friends and then some booze to go, you get like a rack of these 20 Dixie cups with little tops. I mean, like it, it got so ridiculous. I'm like, okay, so the bar is operating outside the bar. I don't get yeah, it. Pretty much. It's like a to go bar. I mean, you could just sit out in the parking <laughs> lot across the street get drunk right and all like pull some like picnic <laughs> tables out and stuff and just wave yeah, well, at us over at the bar and then that's what california did right they they did all outside venues yeah i'm I, as far as i know i don't even know if california's back well i i remember during the pandemic that i seen like like plastic tents yeah and and you could just go sit in this plastic tent each table was a plastic tent i was like that yeah, must be no. hot. <laughs> right. I was talking about in I don't even know if they're back inside now. Um I I don't know either. I mean, as far as I, I know San Francisco, I don't think San Francisco is. I don't think you can go into restaurants. Still? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all, they're all open, like you said, and they all have right. like these uh 
they outside have, venues. They all have passes, even if they even right. if before they couldn't operate outside of the outside of the location, they all got a it's okay to to mm-hmm. set up some tables and take over the sidewalk. Okay. You know, because as a bar owner here, I know that like at our bar, we weren't allowed to have outside tables, but like this year we were. But the other thing about here is that now he he made our governor made that law till 2025, which was weird. <laughs> so now that the pandemic ends, still another four years of drinking and to go bars. And it's going to be interesting once all this is a little more over to see like how many people are how do the bars do? You know, our, bar, our bars down here. You know, uh, of course, you know, we're fully open down here, but you've almost been fully open the whole time. <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much. Yeah. I mean, wear a mask, things of that nature. I mean, yeah. we did have some bigger places shut down, things like that. But, uh, you know, our, our bars, I mean, they're still doing well. Right. You know, and, and we, we do have alcohol delivery because I decline a bunch of them. <laughs> Why? You don't like the alcohol runs? Um, I'll, I'll do them earlier in the day, but anything nighttime, I don't like dealing with drunk people, Oh, you know? And so, and especially back, I know, I know they said that they changed it now. Um, but you used to, it used to be a pain to try and scan the IDs for the alcohol deliveries. And oh, okay. so you, you got a drunk person that's, you know, ready, ready to get their stuff and you're trying to scan their ID that won't scan. They get frustrated. <laughs> I wonder why you have to do that. Liquor store, some liquor stores do it and whatnot, but a lot don't. Uh, I think I think we have to scan it for delivery just for verification purposes, right? You know, but like I said, I've always had alcohol delivery down here. Uh, it's not something new, right? But, and, but yeah, I come from yeah. Michigan, dude. We were doing it in the eighties. Yeah, it's but it like just... I said, our, ours a lot of ours is through Drizzly though, so that's mm. why I'm saying once Uber actually takes that over i wonder how that's going to affect doordash well huge i would think yeah i would think so too <laughs> but then again the the mcdonald's decision on uber eats is is going to help out doordash oh then dropping a mcdonald's well I, I was reading these articles about how mcdonald's has signed this deal with mcdonald's or how uber has signed this deal with mcdonald's that's going to basically really make things better for DoorDash. I don't know if it's exclusive or what it is. Um, Cause nobody wants the McDonald's order. So I don't know what they're doing anyway. I, I think that's a, uh, that's a store thing because I got two McDonald's around me and they're super quick. Like they have somebody dedicated to oh. delivery orders. Yeah. We so don't, you, we don't when, have yeah, that. When you walk in, it's, two minutes tops oh yeah we're a big yeah. we're a big city too and we don't have if yeah i mean yeah. if you walk in it's still going to be a while there's always yeah. a line <laughs> now now see after you know was it 10 o'clock when they're all in lobby closes you know i won't take it i won't take any fast food then i mean i don't like taking fast food to begin with but and the other thing too is that now they allow 14 year olds to work at mcdonald's here mm. oh yeah Oh, yeah, which getting, I getting broke, which I thought broke child labor laws, but okay. For, well, it's been <laughs> it's been fourteen with uh, parents' permission and a permit in a lot of states for I'm twenty years. Okay, well, yeah, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't too. work. I couldn't work till I was. I couldn't work till I was sixteen. Yeah. You might be older me. than me then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so let's jump into the Middleton stuff because I'm uh, I'm interested in what's what's going on with these apps. So um, should we can it, let's can we take it backwards and start with uh, the Flex Alert? Yeah, yeah. So let's get, so can you give us an overview on the Flex Alert? Yeah. Okay. So Flex Alert is a P2P system for Amazon um, Flex deliveries. Uh, that's the Whole Foods and the warehouse deliveries. And what it does is, of course, it has an auto refresher in there for you. So if you've ever done Amazon Flex, you know that you're tapping, um, you're tapping all day long, <laughs> all day long, over and over and over. You know, and that's that's been the biggest complaint about that app since it's ever came out. So. Um, that's one of the first things I added was the auto tapper. Um, you know, I, I did make sure that it falls in line with the Amazon terms of service, though, because it does not auto accept anything. Okay. So, so what does the tapping do then? The tapping refreshes the screen. Uh huh. Um, and then whenever a block is found that matches your parameters, it'll give you an audible alert. Okay. So you still have that time. Mm-hmm. To accept, yeah. you're just not having to go. Yeah, you're just not having to sit there and keep yeah. tapping all day long, waiting on it to populate or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, but but you know, Amazon's terms of service clearly state you cannot have an auto acceptor because they do mass block drops and it's an unfair advantage to other people. Okay, um, <clears throat> but so basically, that's that's the part that it takes out for you. So you can be running all your other stuff. Can, is this one of the things where you need a two phone system? Uh, it, it depends on how you want to do it. Really. Um, two phone system. If you want it to actively refresh, then the uh, Amazon flex app has to be on the screen. Okay. That's where, that's where the P2P system comes in. Um, because if somebody else that has the app, and is in your market is refreshing or sees a block, it will also alert you as well. So there's nothing like with the app round or the background app refresh that can. No, I, I don't use any driver credentials to connect to Amazon. Okay. And so there's no way to read. There's no way to click a button that you can't see. Okay. You know, and so, but like I said, that does have some background tasks going such as somebody else with that same warehouse ID. Um, if, if they see something, you know, it'll alert your phone as well. Right. Yeah. So for Amazon people, this is great. Um, so this is on Google play. It's, it's not an iOS app, but it's, it's free on, it's free on Google play. Yeah. It's free with ads. Um, or you can pay to remove the ads. So when you pay to remove the ads, does that apply across the board to all three? No, no, that's every, Each all one. the, all the apps are independent. Okay. I didn't know if maybe you had like a bulk deal. No, no I, I set a lot of these apps up like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, years ago. <laughs> right. No, I just uh, meant now that you have three. <clears throat> now I would have to, I would have to move them all to the same server. Okay. You know, to, to do something like that. Yeah, or or at least I would have to do a lot more backend coding, should I say? So, well, I'll I'll wait on that question because I'm interested on how many people are on each. But let's let's do the overview on each first. So, 
the driver utility helper. Can we do the overview on that one? Uh, yeah. So the driver's utility helper is a utility app for the DoorDash platform. Um, as you know, it does a lot of stuff, uh, has auto accepting, you know, you basically how that app works is you go in there, you set the filters you want to use for either accepting orders or declining orders. Mm-hmm. Um, and then whenever an order comes up on the screen, it will check that order against your filters and either accept it or decline it or allow you to manually choose to do whatever with. Right. So kind of a lot, and I don't want to compare it to it now, but um, by the parameters that you're using, kind of a lot like the uh, original Maestro parameter type settings. Mm, uh, Yes and no. Um, my my apps have a lot more um, functionality than Maestro does. Oh, you have more settings. Yes, way more. I was actually out before Maestro. Okay. And so before but, the original, not the not the Doug Fieg. No, no, the the original one. Okay. Yeah, yep, the original one. I was. My very first release, and we'll get into that once we get to Maximo, because Maximo was my very first app. Okay. But um, as far as the filters go, uh, for Drivers Utility Helper, there there's so many filters on here. Um, and, of course, the free users might not see all the filters because they're free users. Mm-hmm. And so there is a free platform with ads, and then there's a paid platform you know, for $9.99 a month which unlocks uh, additional filters, um, additional stat tracking, because the DUH app will also track how long you're online, how much you've made, your distance, um, how many deliveries you're doing per hour. You're talking about on the paid version. No, no. Some of this is on the free version as well. You you have earnings uh, tracking mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. free one? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so just a couple. What are a couple things about the paid one? Um, the paid one, you get, of course, GPS tracking, um, and then you get a breakdown for your stats for you know your per mile and and things like that. Um, you also get your auto decline. Um, you get voice commands. Um, it'll you the the newest feature I've added was actually an apartment notification. So if a request comes in, I connect to a, an API and check to see if that address is an apartment or not. And then it alerts you if it's an apartment. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Or, if it's, or if it's one of those even spread out type places or something? Or yeah, well, well it's, it's weird how the APIs work for apartments or any, mm-hmm. any they're actually called high rises. They have a symbol of H. So anything with a symbol of H, it'll show up as, a, as an apartment. Okay. So, so it, it could be an dwelling, office building. Dwellings yeah. on more than one level. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Um, okay. So the so the driver utility app, um, man, these need to be on iOS, and I know <laughs> but they, I'm an iOS guy. Uh, now, I do have a beta version for the driver's utility helper on iOS. Oh, you do? Um, but it's like I said, it does require all that back uh, background information. Mm-hmm. You know that back that I don't know how you call that because it's it's not technically hacking, but it's you know it's, you use it, it, it you use drivers' credentials to log in and things of that right. nature. Yeah. You know, um, 
where so it gets I, a little sticky. Right, right. It's in that gray area, and mm-hmm. you know, the lawyer's gonna have to get involved. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I still don't fully understand why everything flies through the Google app or through Google Play. I mean, I understand well, the well, more see, tough credentials with Apple, but it's like, you know, you almost have to avoid Apple. Well, see, here's the thing. If if I if I rooted my iPhone, mm-hmm. I don't even have to go through Apple. Okay. Because the functionality that the reason why everything can work on Android and not Apple, it's not because of Apple rules. Right. It's because of their limitations for developers. Okay. You know, like on Android, it's an open source platform. They pretty much anything that Android's created, we're allowed to use. Right. iOS, Apple, they keep their stuff locked down. So all your core functionalities belong to Apple and they do not allow developers to use those. Right. So that's why we do Android versus iOS. Right. I wonder if it all, I wonder if all, and nobody in the world owns one. I mean, I know they do, but um, I wonder if these would work on those Linux phones. <laughs> Have you ever seen those like walkie talkie Linux? Yeah, well, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, cause that's a complete open source. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's depending on the functionality of it. Cause I know, I know some people use driver's utility helper actually on a laptop, uh-huh. um, but they just use the sandbox version of Android on their laptop to do it. And then they got their, uh, their DoorDash and driver's utility helper on their laptop in their car. So, you know, on the Mac, how you can run virtual PC. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can. I can't remember what the new thing is with um, with Linux, but they have a a new uh, interface that does a virtual on the PC and the Mac. I'm wondering if you could run that on the Mac. I don't know. I got a Mac. I can try it. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering because yeah. a lot of people don't use the. I mean, people aren't even aware of maybe what you and I are talking about right now. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like, mean, the average, the average user is not going to be there. You're like, what? <laughs> right. I mean, a lot yeah. of Oracle based stuff and database right. stuff like that was Linux born and Sun Sun Technologies used to be like 15 miles from my house here in Colorado. So they right. sold out and that's kind of where all that began. But this, um, this is all open source stuff. So I'm wondering if like, like you said, with a laptop, but like, especially like a tablet or something where you had a little more movement, I wonder if you could run it. Well, I, I know on uh, the iOS because you'd be running it through the, you could run it through Firefox or Google Chrome. Well, they, they would have to have the accessibility functions. Right. You know, if, if they don't have that, then you can't run it at all. Right. You know, which which iOS does have accessibility functions. They're just not available to developers. Right. I was more like even you're saying that even if I'm in a browser window within the iOS. Yeah, it's, it's still everything would still run off of accessibilities. OK, so it would, you know, it would just yeah. it would just get shut down. Yeah, I mean, most most likely, I would have to I would have to try because I I know on un- unlocked iOSs mm-hmm. uh, or jailbroken whatever they call them on iOS right. now, um, you can you can run everything that you run normally right. like you would on Android. You can have the overlay windows, you can have automation. Yep. Um, and, and if you notice on the iOS phone itself, 
there is automation on the iOS phone. It's just only Apple software that's allowed to control it. Right. You know, and so that that's why everybody goes for Android versus iOS. Right. Yeah. Um so let's let's move into Maximo here and to the to the big guns here. Oh yeah, um, Max Maximo's the it, it was the very first app I created. Um and actually the very first version was just a basic app switcher. Um, so it, when when was the first version? 20 2015, 2016. Okay. So a long time ago. Okay. Yeah, coming up uh, on like six years now. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's and the, the the very first version of the app, um it all it did was switch between Uber and Lyft. That was it. Uh-huh. You know, because back then I well there was, wasn't even delivery. Yeah, there wasn't Uber Eats or anything <laughs> like it was just Uber and Lyft for starters. Right. But yeah, but it, it only did Uber and Lyft. Um and it didn't it didn't have filters or anything like that. It just wherever you went on, wherever you accepted a ride on one, it switched over. And then you would have to manually take the other one offline and it would switch back. Right. You know, very basic function. Um, of course, that was the very first year I was learning the code too. So, <laughs> you know, and then um, 20, I think 2016, end of 2016 is where I started adding filters. Um, and I believe that's when Maestro came out as well. Um, of course, that came out with the original owners, um, which did the embezzlement and things of that nature. Right. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they got real popular because they went out and got a whole bunch of loans, did a whole bunch of advertising. And eventually, I don't even think they ever got to a phase two funding. No, no, they, they did their phase one funding. And, and then all that money kind of went... Right, because by yeah. phase two, you have to start showing <laughs> proof every month that you're hitting the goals that you've projected. Right, right. So but, I my, mean, my that, guess is yeah. that what they had going on, the, the shadiness of it, right. was right. they would have never been able to do that. Well, and that, that's eventually why they sold out to Doug, you know, which, I mean, I'm sure he got a pretty pretty great deal out of it. Right. <laughs> you know, but, yeah, they got real popular because they got the loans and all that, and then they was blasting everywhere. and. You know, they're spending fifty, a hundred thousand on YouTubers and right. things of that nature. And I'm a small type of guy. I mean, I'm not gonna go. I, I don't like investors for starters. So no, I'm I'm grassroots too, yeah, and I've grown yeah. Uber, Lyft drivers, my podcast, everything that way. I have not driven. Yeah. I mean, anything that gets driven is is just organically by other people that I know. Yeah, that's me too. I I, I do everything myself, but you know, um, but back back to Maximo, anyways. Um, you know, it's it's a all-in-one utility app mm-hmm. for Uber, Lyft, Grubhub. Uh, that's for United States and Canada. And then in Australia and New Zealand, it also supports um, Diddy, Ola, and Zoomy. Uh, okay. And then in Mexico, it supports Diddy. Um, I'm working on a couple other European uh, companies as well, such as Bolt. Um, but that's really, I, it's really yeah. cool that you're doing that because some <laughs> of these some of these companies you just named have established footprints in in California. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're start they're not like open for business yet, but they have personnel here. They actually have buildings. They're working. Like Didi has a building. Didi Is it has Didi a, or a Diddy? 
I don't know. I always say I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I might be saying it wrong. I don't know, I don't know how I, to say the last name either. Yeah. Well, Chewbox you know, or... yeah, yeah, they're 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 pretty big, actually. They're really yeah. big. Yeah, you know, and I did I didn't think that they were that big until I started adding them, and then you know they got. It's because they have Asia and all of mm-hmm. them. I mean, they just that's I mean the the population alone of those countries are. Well, you know they're are they're a China, Chinese company, right? Yeah, but I yeah. mean they've got all of it over there right well no i I was reading not too long ago that uh china actually told them to stop operating for a little bit oh yeah 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 i read an article about it i haven't followed up on it uh because i'm I'm not in china at all they got way too many restrictions for developers and you have to have they have their own play store and everything over there yeah you could you could go missing if you did something like that yeah, you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, Maximo's probably, and in fact, it's probably got more features than the driver's utility helper um, because we it should, actually. I think I don't know if we said this, but I think we should because I'm not. I really am thinking. I don't think we did. By the way, the driver utility app is just DoorDash. Correct. Right. Correct. I just wanted. to, I don't know if we said Correct. that or not. So I just wanted to make sure people knew that. So the Amazon Flex is just Amazon Flex. The uh, driver utility app is just, or helper is just DoorDash. And Maximo is kind Uber, of the rest. But yeah, let's, it's let's Uber, list Lyft, them. and Grubhub for United States and Canada. Okay. And then, you know, uh, Uber, eats, you, Uber Eats too. Right, Uber Eats as well, yeah. Okay. I always consider Uber, Uber Eats, right. Uber, <laughs> Uber packaging, whatever Uber comes out with. So anything, on anything screen. on the Uber yeah. platform, right, is going to um, the, the shipping, the corner shop, Drizzly. All I mean, Drizzly soon. Not, not, yet, but. not, not corner shop. Okay, because corner shop has its own app, right, for drivers. Um, they're not in my area yet, so I, I don't even know how they operate. My guess is just like the Postmates thing that with it's just going to mm-hmm. be over time. Like in you know, if we were to fast forward right. two years, like. Drizzly and Corner Shop will not have their own apps. They'll be in the Uber app. Right, exactly. And once they once once they get into the Uber app, they'll be definitely be supported by Maximo. You know, um, of course, Maximo does other stuff besides that. Uh, as an events section in there, it'll tell you the closest events to you within like a seventy-five mile area. Okay. So like you just go so like me who events. lives in Denver and we have events every night. <clears throat> How do you populate these? Uh through through an API. It's, right. But you just comes, you grab them from what? Local regional uh, there there's three different APIs it pulls from for the events. Mm-hmm. Um I would have to actually go look at the coding for all of them, but one of them is Eventbrite, for example. Okay. Um, but yeah, it, it pulls from them and then, you know, it, it'll check for duplicates, things of that nature. And then it'll, you can go to the events tab in Maximo and it'll show you the events. Um, I don't know if it'll actually show on the camera here or not. My, yeah, I guess my, my actual point is that like, so, okay. Oh, okay. So like, like it'll tell you closest event, the miles and okay. you can, you can navigate to it and, yeah, things that and and that's and Maximo does not have a free version. I will say that it does not have a free version. It is a hundred percent paid. Okay. Um, but it does have a two week free trial. 
and how much is the Maximo? That one is four ninety nine a month. So that one's less. Yes. <laughs> is that just because the amount of DoorDashers out there? Uh, no, it's it's because it was one of my very first apps I did, and I didn't uh-huh. want to uh, overprice it. Right back then, what well, what I thought was overpricing back then, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and I mean, I do well with my apps and everything like that. That I don't I don't want to break drivers if I don't have to. No, and so you know the the lower cost I can do the better. Right, and it, and every time I connect to an API, it does cost money. Right, Maximo only uses one API, and it's free. So the right. only the only cost I have is my actual time invested in it, and then my server cost. Mm-hmm. And so, and so I can keep that one. And plus, there there's actually there is a way to go in there and support Maximo by watching videos. And I I got a lot of people that do that. Okay. So so they go in there, they watch the ads, and I get a lot of ad revenue off of that as well. So th- I can justify keeping that lower priced. And just for all you people listening that. Uh... Are wondering, you know, like, well, isn't isn't Gary beyond rich then for running all this stuff? I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and say that from what I did with Para was a super big learning experience for me because we were just putting out so much money and we had not got to a point of taking it in. So I got to see the complete other end of when you're not taking anything in, and it's a nosedive. Yeah. So I mean, like, it's I know that you're taking in the money and you're doing well, but at the end of the day, you oh, there's a lot of expenses behind all this, guys. Oh yeah, yeah. Server cost, production cost, um, mm-hmm. you know, time invested. You know, you want to pay yourself, right? You and, Gary, and Gary's a one man show too. So yeah, I'm, I'm one man. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do it all. I do all the app development, all the server coding. Um, plus, plus, I, I still drive. Right, I know. You know, so well. I guess it, my guess is a big part of you driving is just to have a, a good handle on it. Uh, yes. Yes. And no, I, I, I do drive because I like to drive um, as well. It's, but it, if you don't, if you don't do it, then you can't keep up with it. No. You know, like that's what I know, meant. For, like you, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing you're kind of like brainstorming the whole time. Like I, I actually screen record the whole time I'm working Really? So that yeah, so that way I can go back later and watch it to see if there's anything that messed up. Because whenever I go out and drive, I use it just like a user would use it. I try not to use it from a developer point of view, uh-huh. because once you do that, then you're not looking for what the actual user might be doing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, so because if if as a developer, if I go out, I'm just going to hit one button and, and wait. But as a user, I'm going to be on my Facebook or Twitter or YouTube, or I'm going to be doing so much more than just looking at my screen waiting for a, an order or a request. That's pretty funny because most pe- most developers <clears throat> I know can't get out of their headspace. Like, couldn't do what you just said. It's it's just you know, they don't you they have don't to. have that other yeah. side of the personality. They couldn't go jump in a car and go, "I'm not a developer anymore. I'm just a user, and I'm going to do this." They would be I mean, like, I mean, no, if no, you no. if you want if you want to catch what the user does, that's what you have to do. Right. I just their headsets yeah, yeah, and the ones yeah. I know couldn't do it. But again, well, they they I, wouldn't I, I, do gig work either. But right. Well, I started out as a driver, so right. You know, it's it's easy for me to get in a car and go pick somebody up and just chat. Well, I mean, you must have had some computer background before. None. 
Man, so what man. made you jump into doing Maximo in 2015? Well, I was, I was a safety director before I actually started my company. Okay. And, you know, um, I did part-time gig work then with Uber and Lyft. And then, you know, trying to multi-app is very unsafe. It's just, right. you know, you're trying to go down the road, tap your phone, look at a request within, I think it's like seven seconds to determine if you want something that's, that's very hard to do. And as, as a safety director, you know, my mind's like, right. You know, it's just like, I couldn't deal with it. I was like, there's gotta be a better way. And so I've always been into computers, just not software or programming. And then I I was like, "Eh." that's a big leap to jump into what you did though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's sit down, read, read some more, you know, um, YouTube, what YouTube was around then, but it wasn't huge. You right. Know? There wasn't so, a, well, yeah, it was big. Well, I'm saying it wasn't huge as far as like, now you can go to YouTube and somebody will walk you through how to build Everything. an app in a right. whole hour session. Right. You know, back then it was, you had to Google specifically what you wanted to do or, or YouTube exactly specifically what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it, it it took a lot longer back then than it does now, for sure. Right. You know, um, but but just the, the unsafe part of it is kind of what got me into it. You know, um, back then, a lot of drivers were having wrecks and things of that nature. And I wanted to provide something safer for drivers to use. You know, it's it, it kind of <laughs> reminds me of like when my my son had a concussion Um and they had told him that he can't go. They told me that he can't go back to school. This was a couple of years ago in middle school. And they told him he couldn't, couldn't go back to school for like a week. They just wanted him laying low. And then when he did, they told him that he could go to all his classes, but they didn't want him doing math. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking of that because I'm thinking of the trickery of, of user of Uber and Lyft and stuff and how they used to use that little timer and beep it, flash it and everything like where you're, you're driving and you're having to look. I mean, it's doing everything like an alarm. Right. Well, you're like looking at it like, uh, and of course there's going to be wrecks. Right. Well, you remember, you've been around probably since then, right? You've been I've been driving, driving since 20, 2014. Yeah. So you've been driving Uber before me, but the very first versions of Uber, it was that circle on your screen. I don't, yep. You remember that? That little, yeah. and it would black out everything else. You right. had just that little circle and yep. you had to hurry up. And then they had the, they also had the, uh, the seizure flash flash. yeah Yeah. (laughs) and at nighttime that thing blinded you yeah i mean exactly like you i'm not right now but i wear glasses too i'd be driving and i'm like no dude yeah i used to have to i think in the beginning all the way down at that point i was taking everything though in 2014 2015 Mm -hmm. i was making so much money that it was like just go yeah i mean we was getting what back then i don't know like to something a mile <laughs> yeah i mean this was and when like, yeah this is when they were first launching in denver really yeah I mean, yeah whenever i first started uber it was paying great yeah you know, I, I went from you know high pay to i think but was oklahoma city is where where, where i started originally and now i think oklahoma city's down to like 56 cents a mile wow yeah, that's well for UberX here. It's fifty six cents a mile. Yeah, see, I I won't drive for fifty six. And Den and Denver's not. I mean, the rest of Colorado is pretty spread, but Denver's a very big town, and it's been growing tremendously. 
See, I, I mean, I, half, I, a, I, half, I, half of California's moved here now. Yeah, I, I don't understand how people, <laughs> I don't understand or why people would go to do ride share for that low of amount. I mean, no, no, you know, like it's, my market now, where I'm at now in Florida, I get uh, 98 cents a mile if I do ride share. Well, like here's an example. So this week, one of, so I hate, I hate the games, but however, this week, like a quest from Monday to Friday was do 60 rides for Uber get all the money from the 60 rides and get a bonus of 620. <laughs> That's over $10 yeah. a ride yeah. being added. If you can get a lot of short, short rides, you know, on a Monday through Friday, yeah. they're short. I mean, you might yeah. get a few, you'll get some airports, but you know, like you, any city, at least for me, I know what times those airports really come through in the city. Right. So usually I would just try and like turn off or make that a time, even if it was like rush hour, because why would I want to work in rush hour anyway? But like four to six, you'd think that's a great time to work. That's a time I would actually take off because that's a lot of airport runs. A lot of traffic too. A lot of traffic. So I would just turn it off because I tried to avoid the airport runs. Like I did, I always loved starting my day with one kind of thing because that's great because it puts a bunch of money in my bank. But after that, it would be, you know, just trying to stay on the short ones. But you could do you could do sixty easily, but um, it, I mean you'd have to work it. But again, that comes out to I mean they're they're probably paying you more. You're you're pro- you'd be. I wonder if you'd make six twenty on the sixty rides. <laughs> so they're basically paying you more than you're probably going to make, or real close to it. Real close to it, yeah. I, I would yeah. say real close, yeah. I mean, yeah, it might be. You're right. I mean, it might be eight. Let's say it's eight hundred, but it's right. still pretty close to doubling your money. And then as much as I hate those quests, you know, it's, it's see the thing is though, they're banking on those quests that people don't hit them. Right. And most people don't, most people go out and give 15, 20 rides and go, I'm not going to hit this this week. And they give up. Right. So you need the dedicated ones who that Monday pick up, start it and do 25 rides. So if you shut down your day with 20, 25 rides already banked against the 60, you got four more days to do the rest. Those are the type of people who will get it. So I think not it's like me, a per- it's, it's 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 like a per- it's like a percentage type thing. I think like they kind of start measuring those metrics. Like, okay, only six per eight seven percent of our drivers hit it when we do this. We can do that. But I think that then by doing those quests, it actually takes against the other drivers because that's money they could reallocate to be better pay. Yeah, I think if they did away with all the quests, they could pay better too. And all this yeah, money they're spending on all of the games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Just all the games that they do. Yeah, the I levels, agree. the I mean, don't it's not a video game. It's it's a living. Like just make like I've said, you said you like to do it for two dollars a mile, but I've even said on UberX, just take away the time. And I'm not saying this is the best pay, but just take away the time and distance and just make it a just make it a dollar a mile. Well that's that's what I get here. When you add in the time factor, I get a dollar a mile. Right. And so, I mean, you like, know? but just take away with all the, the crap and just make it a dollar a mile. Yeah. And I mean, like, cause time is a stupid payment. That's just dumb. But thing is dollar a mile. You would, you would have a lot more people accept the rights. Right. And know? they wouldn't, they wouldn't start, they wouldn't cherry pick or they wouldn't need to. Cause they're like, I don't care. It's a dollar a mile. I don't yeah. care. You know, if I'm going here, there, the, I would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really be look needing to look so much if they'd move that back up. 
And again, I don't care about my time payment. I don't care if you're giving me 10 or 25 cents a minute. It doesn't matter. Uh, Yeah. I mean, they should just get rid of time payments. (laughs) Right. I mean, like here in Colorado, it used to be great payments on Uber. Now it's like, like I said, 56 cents and 10 cents a minute. In Philadelphia, for Uber X, I had a guy on about a month ago that was uh, 71 cents and 25 cents a minute. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what my minute is. Let me see if Uber tells me real quick. I, I know I'm at 98 cents a mile. I know that. Um, let's see. I haven't, and, I haven't driven. And you're just on, you're on X? No, I, I have an XL oh, okay. vehicle as well. There you but, go. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, my, my X is 98 cents a mile. Though. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, I would never go back to, uh, you know, the 56 cents a mile. No. But I have a, I mean, I'm having a feeling that these companies are going to have to readjust anyway a bit because I know it's not everywhere, but, you know, the flooding of drivers is not the same case anymore. <laughs> and the cherry picking not, is just not gotten for, ridiculous. Yeah, not for rideshare, I wouldn't no. think anyways. I mean, some adjustments need to be made with rideshare for sure. But yeah, in my rate card, it says it right there, what the minute is. Yeah, I'm trying to pull it. Okay, let me see. Here's my Uber XL. Let me see. Come on. My guess is the minute rate's the same. Okay, I get a dollar forty-eight a mile with Uber XL and uh, fourteen cents a minute on Uber XL. Okay, it's probably the and- same fourteen on Uber X too is my guess, but, um, it is 13 cents a minute on Uber X and 98 cents a mile. Right. So, okay. So one cent different, but again, take away, take that away, Uber, you know, like reallocate that to just getting a lump amount because this confusion stuff in the games is just ridiculous. I mean, the games out here in Colorado, I've been doing it long enough. I can look at it and go, that's doable, but I'm not doing it or that's really worth it. That's worth hustling for or whatever. But a lot of people are just stuck in the hole and, and Uber knows how to keep it just out of reach. And, um, you know, I mean, you don't want to be like hitting Thursday and not, and be like work until like they, they clip you off and not reach that goal. If you've been working it all week, cause then all of a sudden the earnings you were counting on just cut in half. Right. You know, I mean, you get to like 55 rides instead of making, instead of pulling in like 1400, you're going to be pulling in like seven. You know, I I would be mad. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So I've been trying to work some of the other apps too. Like um, Curry's my sponsor and I do, I do a lot of Curry work and like, it's, it's amazing pay. But it depends on the city you're in. I signed up with them. In fact, I signed up with every gig app out there just to yeah, see what too. i can automate mm-hmm. um you know i have i have yet to get a curry uh, request really i go online every day not a single request well you have to so you have you, you have, have to, to refresh 
you have to leave. And I don't do this with any app except for theirs. And I turn it off when I'm not really willing to do it. But you have to leave um, uh, location services on all the time. Right. But And I don't like doing that. Do you have to... Uh, yeah, I don't either. I, like on Android, it's very simple though. We can just force stop the app instead once we're done and right. it turns off that location. Um, we don't have to go in there and select it. If you force stop it on Android, it gets rid of the locations. So right. Zero, seven, two, four, eight, four. Um, I guess I logged But then out. you wouldn't get a request. Right. If you're not online, I'm saying once you're done working, you can force right. stop it on Android and then, then do it. And then once you reopen it, it'll track like normal right i can so when i leave it on location services only though a a text comes through and even without the app open right see i don't get anything i've never had uh, any requests come through for them at all even with location services fully on really at all yeah i mean i get like so i've done and i've done the other thing you can look at too are the are the route uh the route drivers because I did a route as a training thing because I'm because I'm working with them on a, on a bunch of levels, actually. Um, so I did a route ride along with a driver. And then I, the next week I did his route for him and the routes pay really good here in Denver. So it's a 20 it's a 26 foot box truck. Um, it When you get to the wherever you're going to use it, so it's not your car. You get to the loading facility. Your truck's already loaded up. You take the manifest. You check it against all the stuff, and you take off and do your day. And they pay you twenty eight fifty an hour, or but they but they guarantee you eight hours. So like when I did my day, it was five and a half hours, and I got paid <laughs> for eight hours. If you go over oh, eight nice. hours on your day, you get thirty nine thirty nine fifty an hour. Now, how how do they control though people purposely going over? Well, I mean, they've you're in a twenty foot six foot box truck with tracking and stuff, and and right. it's a, a logistics company. Like for me, when I was doing it, it, was for Ferguson Plumbing, which handles like all the plumbing in Denver. And so when I get there, there's like thirty trucks lined up in bays, right? And then I go get my truck. Those guys, those guys at Ferguson have the location of the truck, and they hand you the manifest. Yeah, see, like my very my very first safety director job was for a similar company. They did medical delivery, but you would use uh, vans, box trucks, or semis. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to track them. But each stop had a minimal time that the driver could be there. Okay. You know, uh, but of course, we paid them a flat rate per per route. So uh, if we just had to have that last delivery done by a certain time, but, but we did the, but I did the tracking on them to make sure that they were being efficient with the routes. So on the hotshot runs, like here's, here's a couple <clears throat> examples of some hotshot runs I've done. So that come through in text and that I've grabbed um, Littleton to Lakewood. Those are two Denver suburbs, 7.8 miles, $45 and one cent. Okay. And so I got, I get to location A and this isn't, again, this isn't the route. This is just the hot shot, like what you've signed up for. Right. So I get about five, four or five of these a day. Some days I'll see none, but usually about four or five. And on Mondays and Fridays, a ton of last minute stuff to the construction sites. So you're just driving, they load it, they unload it. But then 
Um, so 45 for that one. Uh, rush delivery, Denver to Denver, 12.2 miles, uh, $49. Um, Denver to Arvada, 7.6, $38. Uh, Denver to Longmont, 36 miles, uh, $55. And Denver to Denver, 2.6 miles for $42. That was a $220, 220-pound load. Um, so they that, give you that's the, all in your personal vehicle. Yeah, that's I have an SUV. I have a RAV4. And so when you put in your vehicle, they actually have all the vehicle specs on what weight loads you can carry, what the dimensions are in the back. And so you'll only get requests that fit your vehicle. So like, yeah, if, like so I'm signed up for them. I just haven't ever got because like like roadie, for example, <laughs> roadie does. Um, I have a friend who does roadie a lot. I I have I signed up for it, but I never really did it. Um, but he's, he's had a bunch of issues like where he gets somewhere and he drives a Prius and he'll get, he was like getting to like Walmart and they'd pull out like a basketball net, you know, that absolutely no way is that going in that Prius, (laughs) you know? And he's like, what? You know I mean? He was even telling me the other day that this same example with the basketball net and he got out there and he said, he said, well, this isn't going to fit in there. And they said to him, you're the third driver that's been out here. We can't fit it in the car. That uh, I know they used to tell me on the roadie app exactly what you was picking up. Right. Yeah. Like with, they, they would tell like you with Curry, it just says weight. It doesn't say dimensions ever or anything, but they, but they've never done me wrong. Like right. if I get there, it fits. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying the, the, the roadie part of it, you know, like yeah. I, I believe that they tell you the dimensions on there or they really? used Cause to. I, I, I feel like he said that sometimes it comes through but it must not be a forced field because sometimes yeah, there's nothing in be. there, which is kind of weird to me. Like, why wouldn't that be a forced field? Yeah. That's, that's critical to any courier service. I mean, and look at if on that day, that one example, I just said with the basketball net, you just pissed off three drivers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they just, I, there's, I know that they sold out now and I know that they're right. part of UPS, but nonetheless, like how, how, how are you operating on a system like that? I mean, you can't just, well, I would I would expect UPS to change that. Oh, of course, of yeah. course, yeah, yeah. Or else they're just not. That won't work. Right, right. U- UPS is all about frontline and stuff and getting there as soon as possible. They don't want three, four drivers showing up. So, like I said, I've never been behind the roadie app. I don't know if you have, but like when you do, obviously they're not telling the customer side that this driver's picked it up or it's on the way. Because in a situation like I just explained, they would have seen three drivers right. have to like be like split from the order and then a new one attached. Yeah, I, I don't think that they tell you until it's actually picked up. Oh, okay. So yeah, yeah. you don't know any of the Mm-mm. junk going on behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah, which is smart. I think all of course it is. Or or do I, it I, right and don't send these people. Right. Like, I, I don't know how many times I've gotten calls, like DoorDash, for example, as soon as I accept it from the customer. Right. Like, they shouldn't even be able to contact me until after I pick it up. Because what if I'm going to unassign it? Right. You know. You know, you're. It's, I remember I said something in a comment, to, and I think it was, maybe it was one of Chad's YouTubes or something that you were in the live chat, and I said something about Solo and how they they had a bunch of like IT jobs mm-hmm. that you should go look at if you're in that field because they were paying right. really good up in Seattle and and I think you jumped on there and you're like yeah they are 
Curry's doing the same thing right now. If you go to curry.com and look at their jobs, they have some really, really high paying jobs up right now. Yeah, but they're not remote. I looked. <laughs> oh, they're not? Uh, it all says based, uh, was it San, San Francisco, I think? Well, they got, I mean, we have team members out here in Denver too. Like, right. you know, so I mean, we've, and they've got ones in LA, San Francisco, Seattle. A lot of jobs are remote. I think um, any I think any programming job should be able to be. Yeah, I was. I would think, but some some of these companies won't allow it. You know, right? You know, yeah. and I and I, I mean, I've I've reached out to certain companies about working with them. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I want to be a full time employee somewhere. <laughs> no, no, but it, I mean, a it's good experience, and if they're paying yeah. that good for a little bit, gives you some insider input too, and you help the company out because all, all these companies are in like their stage two. Mm-hmm. So they need to show growth both in amount being brought in, but also in like amount of customers and people working for the company brought in. So it's, it's tricky, but um, you know, I mean like it's, it's probably not a lifelong position with it, with these, but, or it could be, but you know, with all these, you always got to remember they might be sold out. <laughs> I I, I think that's everybody's hope at one point is to be bought out by another company. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I I guess so. I mean, if you're Drizzly and you started in 2012 and Uber's offering you, you know, this, whatever, $1.1 billion, you take it, (laughs) you take it and give it to them. (laughs) Sometimes. I mean, like I've, I've had people reach out to me for mine uh before but with a 1.1 billion dollar no no not like not like that i'm just saying because <laughs> i said you might have taken yeah, that yeah i might have taken that but i mean some sometimes the offer is not always that good i mean exactly you know drizzly could have been offered you know millions instead of billions and they probably turned it down right you know oh i'm sure i'm sure that the first offer wasn't 1.1 billion no, no. And everybody's always trying to, that's one thing I did learn about business is everybody wants stuff cheaper. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. My guess, my guess is, is that that Drizzly card, like you were saying with DoorDash using Drizzly, I'm guessing that was a major factor in this. Like I, that, I think that so probably too. added a good three, 400,000 to the, or millions or whatever to this deal, because how could it not? Cause they're saying, you know, this is going to take down your con- competitor by like three notches yeah, <laughs> it, like... it take away all of doordash's alcohol delivery well not all but a lot of their alcohol delivery so i, I would think that that was a major factor as well and, and smart play on uber's part because you know they're they're second as far as food delivery but they're first as far as rideshare. right but maybe yeah. you know maybe you'll still see doordash using it with an uber license maybe that was part of the deal too just to, Uber likes to have its hands in everything. You know, it likes to be the monster, <laughs> the monster by the cookie jars. You know, it's like, nope, I, I got part of all these. You know, it, I don't, that's it, how I think of it. They're always looking for even just that little piece. You know, I've always liked Uber ever since the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Even whenever I first started at Maximo, I only got one communication from them ever. Mm-hmm. And their, their only question to me about my app was, are you connecting to our servers? Right. I said, no. They said, okay, have a great day. 
<laughs> that's all they said. Okay. That's all they cared about. They, was, it, they was it email or a call? It was an email. Oh. It was, uh, you know, and you would think that like DoorDash, they send out cease and desist. I've, I got one from DoorDash as well. And for the driver's utility helper app. And, you know, I responded to it. And I haven't heard back from them because I told them the same thing that I told Uber is I'm not doing anything behind the scenes. I'm not doing anything to stop your app from functioning. I'm just providing a safer way for independent contractors to use your platform. You know, and Uber, Uber didn't care. Lyft cared. Yeah. <laughs> you know, as you know, you've seen Lyft cared. Um, mm-hmm. You know, DoorDash cared a little bit because they did send the cease and desist. But, you know, I think, I think once they realize that, you know, what I'm doing, the drivers are going to do anyways. It's not exactly. like, it's, it's not like I'm, I'm telling them what to do. They tell the app what to do and the app does it for them. So in my mind, it's almost better <clears throat> them to let you do what you're doing because now, I mean, you and I have both seen explosions in tech over the past, like forever, but over the past four or five years, really big time. Like if, if they went through ahead with it and had you made you shut down an app, that just means four more companies are launching one tomorrow. Very much. Yeah. I mean, but right now those four companies might not launch one because you're out there and it's like, well, why do that? He's doing it. But if they took you out of the mix, it just means four more are coming. Right. I mean, it's a lot of people don't launch rideshare companies because Uber is so massive. Exactly. You know, it's you're going to be very hard to compete with somebody that that's massive. And same thing with all the other apps that are out there. You know, no matter what type of app you are, you know, nobody wants to release an app of another app. Right. You know, it's just uh, unless there's a huge profit margin, which with I'll tell you right now, with rideshare and delivery drivers, there's not these these utility apps. You make more money if you actually went out and sold their data to somebody than you would from charging them. And I, I don't sell any of that. I'll, I say that in front. I don't sell any data to any company. Um, none of my apps track the data that people think they do. None of it's sold to anybody. It's strictly what you see in the app is what is recorded. Right. You know, but like companies like Gridwise, you know, they, they're a big company. Everybody's heard of Gridwise. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're a gig worker, mm-hmm. their backbone behind their app isn't their premium subscription. Is the information that they collect from drivers that they use for other functions, such as you know city traffic. Right. Gridwise you know? works with Argyle. Well, they I think. Right? Well, yeah, you you can log in with Argyle, but you're not forced to. I meant they. I think that they help. I think that I, I'm I'm I, I think I'm saying this right. I think that they share information with Argyle that is somewhat monetized. I'm not, I don't know if it's with Argyle. I know that they use Argyle for the actual income of the, the drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that they they do take the data from the drivers and use them for cities as well. You know, city planning, things of that nature. Right. You know, yeah. You know, which is their bread and butter behind the, their company. Right. So really they're helping like public transportation and things of that nature like hey what's going on in our city why is this such a jam why is this always log jammed why is this i get it i mean yeah i mean that data is super important but i'm sure that that goes to other people too 
Oh, I'm I'm sure it's everywhere. It's like Facebook, you know. So right. that's that's where Facebook makes all their money advertising from data from people. Yeah, I would hate. I don't want to compare it to Facebook because I hate Facebook. I really do. <laughs> I do and too. I don't think I don't quite think Gridwise is a Facebook. I don't think they're that evil. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that. No, at all. I know, I know. But I think Facebook is evil. Yeah, I, Facebook is a for-profit company. Everybody sees that. Oh, it's a free app, but it's not free if they're taking all your information and selling it without giving you any money for it. Right. You know, I mean, they're making billions of dollars and you make nothing. Well, you remember in the beginning, Facebook was for many years, didn't make, wasn't doing anything. It was actually just what it was supposed to be. Sharing pictures, communicating. Social social networking for colleges is how it got started. Right. But I mean, and then even as it grew for a while, still nothing. Mm -hmm. Then a little advertising. Now, like I went off the Facebook platform (laughs) until I started, uh, Uber Lyft drivers, I was off for a few years. And when I got back on there, it was just like a marketplace. I was like, what's going on? Like, I wasn't even seeing my family's pictures come through in my feed. I was just seeing advertisements. Yep. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'd see like 10 advertisements and like a picture of my cousin's kids. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what? Why do I, when I used to come on years ago, I got, even got sick of it. I was thinking, and this wasn't even here. It was just my friend's stuff. And I got sick of it. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I don't use Facebook for anything except for um, support for the apps. Um, yeah, I, I just try and stay off it because yeah. it's part part of the, my reason, too, is the non-character limit allows people to just vent beyond control in one paragraph, too. You know, and yeah. sometimes without punctuation, like there's no sentences. It's like one run-on sentence for like a 8,000 words. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like... It, if, I'll, I'll tell, and I'll tell everybody this right now. Even if you send it, like if you message me something and it's more than a paragraph, right? I'm probably not going to read it all, right? Because I, it, I know, <laughs> like I know it's got stuff in there that doesn't matter. You know, right? Like, people, if you're going to write more than a paragraph, just email us. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> that's how we, I feel. And make paragraphs. Because if you send me an email that's like paragraphed out in my email, I'll read it because it makes sense. Right. But dude, on social media, don't just put, <laughs> you know, don't vent and have a point in the middle because I'm not going to, like you, I'm not going to get to that point. Or if right, I do, I, I'm just, I'm going to read right past it because I'm so mad at the venting. Or or I'm going to get distracted by something you said <laughs> in the first paragraph. And that's what I'm thinking about by the time I get to your fourth paragraph. Right. And it's like, yeah, I, I don't understand why people do that either. Right. Think of, t- I, I always think of it like texting, dude. Just get your point across and be done. Yeah. Straight to the point. Small. Hey, this is my this is my issue. What do I do about it? Because also, when you start venting, you're just making enemies. I don't know. I used to think it was trolling, but I'm seriously starting to think that it's just the Facebook users just in these groups get ridiculous. I think everybody gets broken down over time. Yeah. (laughs) You know, eventually everybody. And then somebody, somebody maybe, and and I'm sure, you know, people who get deactivated, I'm sure I've seen this, that they still stay in a group and just are just negative, evil people after that. Right. See, like, I noticed one thing, like a a lot of my users, if they get frustrated with the app, the first few lines of their message are usually cussing me out or, or bad mouthing the app. And then uh, you know, I'll, I'll eventually get them to calm down over it and I'll get to what their problem is. And it's like, 
you could have fixed this a long time ago if you would have just be calm about what you were saying from the start. Right. You know, like, hey, I'm having this issue. Can you help me? Exactly. <laughs> sure. You know? Yeah. But yeah. the support team is just you, right? Oh yeah, I do, I do everything. Right. If I mean, you talk to if you talk to anybody about my apps, it's are it's you me. are you are you bogged down with support stuff? Some it depends on the weeks, really. Um, some weeks, yes. Yeah, some weeks, no. Um, I, I did roll out. I would imagine you're just pretty bogged down with it. <laughs> well, I, I, I do have two phones, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, I, I answer email, email responses are within 24 hours. Um, uh, I, I pride myself on that. Um, my direct in group, if, if you go to my Facebook group and post something, I try to get to that within, you know, 12 hours. Um, a lot of times I'll approve it. If I don't have time to respond to it, I'll prove it. And then hopefully one of the veteran members can help people out. And, it, and then if they can't, then whenever I get time, I'll respond to it. Um, but one thing I learned from like Harry Campbell, um, check your email once a day. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's, it's easier to sit down and dedicate an hour to support emails than it is to try and respond Keep throughout up the day. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes I will see if it's a billing issue, if, if I see an email come across, cause I still get the drop downs. If, if I see a billing issue to come across, I try to handle that right away. Right. Because they're paying for a product. I want, I want them to make sure they got their product that they're paying for. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't get to it right then, then I typically adjust their subscriptions and, things of that nature. But yeah, everything, I do everything hundred percent myself though, uh, support programming website, backend coding. Um, I have to learn a lot of languages. <laughs> I'm sure, man. That's why, that's why I was surprised to hear you didn't have any background in computers. I thought you were going to say, mm-hmm. yeah, I was a programmer for 20 years. No, no, no. You yeah. started this all on your own. It's pretty, pretty awesome, dude. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's kind of like any other thing. You have to be dedicated to it. Mm-hmm. You know, you you got to want to, like a lot of people, I get this a lot. Oh, hey, teach me the program. <laughs> I can't teach you. You have to teach yourself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like there's so many resources out there that if you want to do something, you have to do it yourself. You and know, like it, you just said, I mean, like people go to YouTube. Yeah. I mean, these days there's nothing you can't find on YouTube. Nothing. And in fact, uh, I mean, like I fix things around my house by YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do everything by YouTube. If, if I can't figure it out, it's YouTube right. for sure. You know, you know, but things I used to hire out, I don't hire out anymore. Yeah. Because yeah, I there's... And if I look on YouTube and it looks super difficult, yeah, I've hired out a few things that might be above my pay grade. Right. However, yeah. like most things I can handle that I couldn't have without YouTube though. Right. And see, that's probably the bring. Uh, that's a good point. Like my beta iOS version for driver's utility helper. I think one of the reasons why I haven't released that or even tried to release it to the iOS store is because, you know, I got, I got the code to get the tokens and, and all that stuff, but that has to be put on a server somewhere. Right. You know, and it's not just a regular server. It's got to be a pretty big server, as as Para knows, because once you start getting a whole lot of connections, it starts mm-hmm. dropping. You yeah. know, 
you know, the beta version runs off my personal PC. <laughs> so, you know, a couple users here and there, that's, that's nothing compared to tens of thousands of people. Right. So, and I would have to hire that out because I'm not a server guy. Right. You know, you know, I, I can do minimal server stuff, but other than that, yeah, no. Right. Yeah. So I guess the, the last thing I really want to hit on here today um, is do you have any kind of analytics on like, let's say Maximo? I know that like you probably have some for your area and whatnot. And I'm sure you have a lot of info and feedback from people, but do you have like a true like general analytic across, across the board of some kind of what your income difference looks like using the app? I know it's uh, tough. I know it's tough because we talk market to market on my on my podcast all the time, and I try and make people aware that it's so different. But is there any kind of stats you can give that to people who don't use these right now that they should know? Well, it's, it's difficult to say with my apps because it, it's not my apps don't make like I know I know you hear this from other competitors and thing make 30% more, make 30% more. Right. That's not how these apps work. Not at all. And solo was a proof of that to me, <laughs> what they're doing. Cause they're like learning from it and they're paying the difference to people if they don't make what they say. So. Right. So a utility app will not make you more money. Right. You can't choose the utility app. Isn't, isn't choosing new customers. <laughs> right. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not sending you more customers. It's right. not sending you more orders. What it's doing is using your own personal preferences to automate certain features for you so you're safer. Right. I'm so, just I'm, I'm talking on like a feedback term, like from people you've talked to in different markets. <clears throat> I mean, people tell me all the time in the group that they make more money. Right. Um, I don't track that because like I said, I I don't do I don't sell any data, so I don't care. Right, exactly. You know, um, but you care because you care that they're making more well, money. Well, well, no, I I care that the app is functioning for them. Right. You know, working make, properly, giving right, them the correct right, information. They need. Right. The app, and I I'm probably the only businessman I ever tell you this. The app will not make you more money. <laughs> right, but it might save you gas and time. Right. And, it's and which it, it is save making you a lot more money. Right. It it can make you more money if you set it up for your own personal preferences. So, like, if you currently, if you're currently taking everything, and this is a big, and I tell this to everybody that uses Driver Utility Helper go back and look at your previous stats. Like mm-hmm. if you go into your chart, excuse me, like there's a history chart and it's going to show you your current week versus your previous week. Okay. You know, if you go in there and you review that, say the first of every week, you will see which days you're getting the most requests. And then you can actually go to that day and see all the requests that you got for that day. It'll mm-hmm. even tell you um, this is a premium function, but like if I go to, let me go to one of my previous days here. Um, Monday, for example, this week, um, my average per order for a request was $5.76 for DoorDash. Okay. So out of all my orders that came in, that was the average. Okay. So by using that, if I'm going to work Monday, I know that I have to set my filters for anything below, say, $5.75 has to be declined. Right. Okay. You know, and by doing that, I'm going to get better offers. 
Right. So with time, you the the D the driver utility app is a super helpful tool, but with time even you're gonna dial it in more. Right. Right. Because the longer you're gonna start doing yeah. the, the comparisons. And if you've set it at like if you set it at six in the scenario you're talking about, you would have missed everything or most things. You you would have missed a lot of the orders for that day. So you, yes. So you'd look back and you'd say, oh, and then you'd know, I got to drop this down a little bit and you'd lower it a little. Right. And and see like Tuesday, if I go to Tuesday, my average order for Tuesday was $7 and six cents. Right. You know, my, the per mile average for that day was a dollar two. Okay. You know, and, and like I said, these are all averages. The longer you use the apps and this is, uh, driver's utility helper right now, but the longer you use it, the more familiar you will come with the the stat tracking. And if you go back and look at your previous weeks and previous days, you will see a trend. And then you can be like, okay, well, I don't want to work Monday because I only get 12 requests on a Monday compared to the rest of the week that I get 40 requests. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's what I try to tell people is, it's all a person. It's a tool for one. It's a tool. It's not a magic wand. It's not right. It's not it, exactly what I was trying to get. It's not making you. It's not making up money and giving you money. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's kind of like your. It's the closest comparison I can bring it to is it's kind of like doing delivery on a bike versus a car. Yeah. You know, if you do I think of it bike, like a virtual yeah. assistance or a virtual assistant, you're doing right. the driving and it's like going. Yeah, you want to take this one. No, right. we're not going to take that one. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's take this one. I mean, it's doing all the work that you don't have time to do when you're looking at that and going, what? And you can't see everything. It's not transparent. It's make, it's making sure it's within your parameters of what you can accept. Right. You go in there, you tell the app exactly what you want it to do, and it does it. Right. So if you're if you're accepting lowball offers, you told the app to do that. If you're waiting for $20 plus offers and you're not getting any, you told the app to do it. <laughs> see, I, I don't know. It's, it seems crazy to me that like a company like Lyft wouldn't put something like that in their app just to try a Hail Mary against Uber. See, that's that's one of the things with Maximo. Whenever Lyft started blocking Maximo, mm-hmm. that's one thing I reached out to Lyft about. And of course, they don't respond to anything. Lyft does not respond to nothing. Right. And I told them, I said, hey, and I and I waited, I waited three months period from after they blocked the app, you know, and I waited three months and then I emailed them. I said, hey, I'm pulling up my statistics from three months ago compared to now. And, you know, it used to be it used to be about a 60, 40 with Uber and Lyft in certain markets as far as what my users were using. Okay. You know, they they would use both apps, but then they'd run about 60, 40. Well, then they stopped running Lyft altogether and just stuck with Uber. Right. So, so it went to like a 77, 33 split or something like that. So Uber went up. Right. You know, and I emailed Lyft. I said, Hey, you know, I understand, you know, what you guys are trying to do here. I was like, but you're only hurting yourself as far as my users go. Right. You know, and of course they don't respond to anything and which their company, they're fine. If they're fine with losing money, I don't, I don't care. (laughs) I know, but I'm just, you know, I've seen things like Lyft is crawling up on its first profit and like, you know, and I know Uber's like doing everything they can to just skim across the border of their first profit. But 
how is Lyft getting there? Because they've, they've got few drivers. They don't have any other services other than rideshare. They've pulled out of other countries that they attempted, like Canada or whatnot. They're just here. And it seems like it's Hail Mary time to me anyway. I mean, if they really oh. are approaching a profit, okay, good for them. I don't know how, but. Well, the thing is, is the only reason why, if you look at paper-wise, Uber is only in debt because of everything it does. Right, or it did at least, or yeah. or it did, yeah. Uh, Dara is, you know, getting rid of certain things now to try and make a profit, but you know, Uber is worldwide; it's in every country, right? And it's it has, and that's what I try and yeah. tell people who think that the crash of Uber is coming. I'm like, guys, Uber has relationships with every city. Yeah, like they've done they they do you know um, free rides to testing to COVID shots to voting to this that the other they've done this with all these cities these cities are never gonna uber Uber and doordash i I can i can say this for sure uber and doordash are probably two companies that will never go away right you know they're gonna be here they're gonna be here for the long haul lyft we've seen them scale back a lot in the last couple years so i i don't see why a company like doordash or uber might not buy them out in a few in the future right you know, um, cause they're especially, just, especially yeah. DoorDash. Yeah. I, if, if they were, <laughs> if DoorDash was smart, they would buy Lyft to compete with Uber. Right. You know, but if um, I, if I was Lyft, I'd add all the features that you have on the Maximo mm-hmm. app at this point, I'd be like, screw it just to make seat, let the drivers have all that functionality and want to work the platform again. People don't even want to work Lyft. No, they, they really ride, ride share in general is down. Right. But people, um, I mean, I'm not talking about the users. Right. I'm talking about the drivers. The drivers don't yeah. want to work Lyft anymore. It's it's a Lyft is actually, I, I will say this Lyft has a great app. They, they really yeah. do. I think their, their business part of it ruins it for everybody. Yeah. Because I, I don't know what, how, did you start Lyft the same time you started Uber? I started Lyft first. Okay. So you was around during <laughs> the mustache days. Yes. Okay, that was a great time to drive for Lyft, was it not? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. it was a very personal. Man, I was I was a bartender system. at the same time. Yeah. I got to tell you, I was making I made great money as a bartender, and even during Rocky games, what I'd pull um, didn't match. I would make more on Lyft. Yeah, I oh, I ran Lyft. I mean, Lyft I was, was I was banking on Lyft at that. Point. Lyft was my primary app as far as a driver until they blocked Maximo. Okay. <laughs> Once they block Maximo, I went over to Uber because first off, I can automate it. Um, I, I don't want to mess with my phone while I'm driving. I hate messing with my phone while I'm driving. And and so by using Maximo, it allows me not to do that. So I'm going to, of course, go to the app that does that. Right. You know, yeah. and, and, and a lot of my users felt the same way. I don't know what Lyft did. I For about a year and a half, I was only Lyft. Like I did Lyft and then I signed up for Uber through a friend. So I'd get the bonus. So I did my hundred rides and I did a few more. And then I did the having both of them on and choosing. But then I just kind of went back to only Lyft. And I said, if it gets real slow, I'll flip over to Uber. But it never got real slow for like a year and a half. I just kept busy and kept making the money I want. So it was awesome. But I don't know. That's that's just me. Um, okay. Well, how do people find you? How do how do uh other than the app stores and even in the app stores, what a give us the give us the minute pitch on 
Well, you can, you can, find, you can find and... you can find all the apps by going to middletontech.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an app page there. You can find all of all the utility apps there. Um, any any future apps I come out with will be listed there as well. Um, Maxmo and FlexAlert are both on the Play Store, so you can just go to the Play Store and search either either name, and it will show up. The Drivers Utility Helper app you do have to download directly from the website. Right. And that that's acceptordecline.com. Okay. So, um, and yeah, and so, so the, what is it? The Maximo, the driver utility app and the um, Amazon or the Flex Alert can all be found on Google Play. Um, you can find them at middletech.com and then go, you, you can navigate really easy to the apps, um, read up on them a little bit. And I think that, uh, you know, obviously people like he said, there's a two week free trial. I think there's even, you know, these free versions, try them out. I mean, you know, when, when we were testing the para thing, I, I, I don't even like door dashing to be honest, but when we were testing, I was doing it. And I, I mean, it was night and day from my experience without it, you know, uh, again, I'm on an yeah, iOS, so yeah. I haven't been able to try your <laughs> apps. You know what I mean? Right. I, I mean, it's, it's night and day. Like if you use my apps and the reason this is, it's I almost want to go get a ta- a cheap tablet. It, it's a it's a gimmick, really. The, that the works on free, that yeah. works on the, on your apps, though. Right. The it's it's a gimmick, really, with a two week free trial, because once you run it for two <laughs> weeks, you ain't you ain't going back to not running it. <laughs> right. So Gary's saying that he during the two weeks he's going to make you addicted. Yeah. <laughs> you could be I addicted mean, to making money. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time you took a walk 10 miles? <laughs> Once you got the car, you drove. Right. You know. So, but yeah, I mean, these are apps to benefit you. Obviously, yeah. if you go the two weeks and it didn't, but I just can't see that this kind of functionality isn't beneficial to everybody. So if you're not already using these, get get on them. I mean, we all I hear people screaming on social all the time about how they can't make money, this, that, the other. And then when I talk to them, a lot of them aren't using these type apps. Yeah, it's it's any, like get, any get on these there. tools. Yeah, any they're <laughs> all tools. That's what I don't get. They're all tools to help you be better drivers. Right, so, and that's that yeah. was my role at Para was driver advocate because I actually this is <laughs> I go back to the original independent contractor status, and to be honest, I've been one for a long time that works for a laser company doing production and other things where. I need to be an independent contractor and you are allowed all the tools at your disposal. Even though these companies make it sound like you can't and whatnot, realistically, you are allowed to use these. I mean, if somebody hires you as an independent contractor until this changes in this country, hopefully it never does. But until it does, you're allowed to use everything at your disposal once you're hired by the hiring company and the hiring entity is not allowed to interfere at all with the tools you use. And actually, if you read your terms of service for all these apps, it specifically yeah. says they will not tell you how to do the functions of the job. Right. Same reason they don't show you tutorials on how to do it when you first sign mm-hmm. up or any of this. They can't. Right. If they did, they start messing with the employee model. So so get on Gary's apps. You know where to find them now. And uh, Gary, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us again this week. Uh We will be back next week, as always, on Tuesdays. And next week, I will have the more information on what the the new uh, bonus podcasts or Friday podcasts or 
what I was talking about last week a little bit is going to happen going forward. And um, and we're going to have a little bit of a different schedule too, but I'll lay that all, all out next week. In the meantime, um, after you listen to this podcast and catch up on some other Rideshare Rodeo podcasts, make sure to catch uh, my boy Jason Thierry out of uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And uh, the Gig Economy podcast is tomorrow, Wednesday, and then it's every other Wednesday live on YouTube, Twitch, Discord, wherever you listen, watch all this stuff. Um, I always do it on YouTube. Uh, and then he releases the podcast from that Wednesday, the following Monday on podcast. So if you want to listen in the car or whatever, but if you feel like jumping in, it's a bi-weekly uh, podcast and uh, lots of fun. I'm always over there. So come on over to YouTube and join me and listen to the Gig Economy podcast as well. Uh, that said, another shout out to our sponsor, Curry. Get signed up through the show notes, people. And uh, other than that, go out there and spin some good into this crazy world. And we'll see you back here next week on Rodeo. Peace.